past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us here today. We are covering another important topic in careers and career management with Mark Miller, who is the founder of Career Pivot. And Mark, you specialize in helping people repurpose their career, but specifically those who are in the second half of their career. And tell us a little bit about how you got to that focus. Where, where is your passion lying there? Well, I claim I, throughout my career, I was a professional career changer. Uh, this is my seventh career, and given I'm 63 now, I'm kind of unusual. And uh, this all goes back to 1999 when IBM screwed me in my pension. After 22 years, I gave them the single, single finger salute and left. Went to work for a successful tech startup. And uh, then on July 11th of 2002, uh, I was riding my bike down a hill with my bike club, Came turned into a blind turn. And hit a Toyota Corolla head-on. Oh, man. uh, Our combined speeds exceeded 50 miles an hour. Uh, I tore up a knee. I broke a hip. I dislocated a shoulder, broke a bunch of ribs, broke the clavicle. I had imprints of the pads of the helmet in my head, but I had no internal injuries and no brain injuries I'm willing to admit to. That's not really a laughing matter, but, you know, you got to know something, right? Well, some people have accused me of being brain dead in the past, so, you know. And then I, uh, they had me walking in crutches in three days. I was back in a bike in 10 weeks, flying back to China in four months. Uh, Oh, by the way, I flew right smack in the middle of the SARS epidemic. And uh, I kind of refer to that as my WTF moment. Why am I doing this? Uh, I then went off and... um, laid myself off the next year because my tech startup had uh, didn't get us rich but got us debt free and I went off and taught high school math for a couple of years Uh, couldn't do that and stay healthy although I was highly successful Uh, did a year of nonprofit work and that's in 2006 I end up coming out and going okay I'm at a job club I see all kinds of folks that look taste and smell like me They are in their 50s. Um, Basically, they're screwed. And I got involved with a job club starting in 2006. And the interesting one was at that point, well, who's really worrying about careers and baby boomers? And the answer was nobody because we're all going to go retire. Uh Well, right? This was (laughs) also, why should we worry And uh, I landed at another tech startup in December of 2007, and by 2009, our job club numbers were just, I mean, we're having 400 people show up every Friday. And again, I'm looking at who's, who's dealing with these folks? And the answer was, again, no one. And I hired a college student to do some research for me, and this was 2010 and 11, and the numbers he came back with weren't bad. They were horrible. The reality is most of us are going to work into our 70s, some because we have to, some because we want to. And the world of work has changed so much. And as I, as I claim, I was raised to be an employee, to go work for a father-like company that would take care of me. And after 30 or 40 years, I would ride off into the sunset and I would retire. Well, they moved my cheese. And so that's where I've been since I left my last successful tech startup in 2011. Uh, That's when I formed Career Pivot. Actually, the the brand was created in 2012. And uh, it's mostly about getting people's heads around, uh, we need to do something different. And what got us here is not going to get us where we want to be. And yeah. as we right, we all know, the world has changed. 
And so you started um, then, you know, 2010, 2011, and wrote your book, Repurpose Your Career. I think the first published date was 2017? Well, the first one came out in 2013. Okay. And of course, the idea back then was we were all still coming out of the recession. Most of us were still going to have to go back to work. We're probably going to find a job. And, and, you know, we're just going to have to pull up our big boy pants and, you know, go find work and go do it. And so much of the book focused on uh, attitude, job search, how it had changed. When I came out with the second edition, which we then changed the name from A Practical Guide for Baby Boomers to A Practical Guide for the Second Half of Life, is because we were suddenly seeing a lot of Gen Xers with the same problems. Uh, Ageism had started to really creep in. And it was about, okay, now we really need to shift our focus. What we're doing with this edition is the fact is, well, you know, the first the first several lines of the book is, we're at full employment. Everybody who wants a job has a job, right? <laughs> right. Right? But where I just moved from a year ago um, in from Austin, Texas, the unemployment rate for over 50 is 13%. The unemployment rate, general unemployment rate, is 3%. And as I said, many of us will have to continue to work into our 70s. And by the way, it's probably not at a traditional full-time job. And one of the things I've learned is if you want to make that happen in your 70s, you need to plan that in your 50s because it doesn't happen overnight. Working a full-time job, working not a full-time job, or well, both? Well, just making the transition from being, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've always believed that the only thing I could do was have a full-time job. Mm. And it's interesting. I have an online community now, and what many of the folks in there tell me is they all want freedom. They want freedom to work how hard they want to work, what they want to work, and, um, and and the fact is, they're sounding a lot like our kids. <laughs> That's why I always laugh when people are like, "Oh, those millennials, they want this," and I'm like, "Um, that sounds like every baby boomer I've talked to." <laughs> well, we if you asked us ten years ago, that's not what we wanted, but it is what we want now, and that's a pretty significant mindset shift that we all have to make. And because put it bluntly. of boomers are not going to retire as planned. There was a ProPublica article here recently that basically said, if you're over 50, there's a 50-50 chance that you are going to get laid off. Your career will be derailed. And only 10% of those people who laid off will ever really recover. And so at that point, you got to start saying, okay, what am I going to do different? Yeah. Yeah, right. and that's a challenge. And I saw just today that Wells Fargo is laying off a whole bunch of folks and Lowe's laid off a whole bunch of folks. I'm sure some of those were baby boomers who thought, you know, oh, I'll get into this as my second career, right? Oh, yeah. The, one of the things I talk about is with creative destruction coming about, make sure wherever you go has legs. And one of the last places I'd ever go is retail these days. Right. Uh, in, in any form, supply chain, you know, store management, anywhere, um, you because stuff is changing too fast, and it's a matter of. But also with creative destruction, as things are destroyed, new things are created. Right. Yeah. There's some data that we shared in our uh, annual report that there's so much fear around, oh, these jobs are being destroyed. But most of the research that shows those figures shows that just as many, if not more jobs are being created by those same forces, robotics, AI, what, whatever it might be. Um, people just like to share the negative instead of the whole story. Yeah. I mean, the whole point here is, again, what got me here is not going to get me there. And it's it's a matter of start looking at 
how do I do this differently? And it's probably not going out and hitting the job boards and trying to find a job. It's starting a side gig. It's it's taking responsibility for what I can do and what I can do today. Many things didn't exist just five years ago. Right. It's just having having the foresight, as you said, to see what's coming and what might be a good place to go. And then having some different skills than we might be used to, to step out and do those things. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into the particulars and the specifics with Mark on how people can make that transition. We'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking to Mark Miller from Career Pivot about how to repurpose your career. And there's some specific things about those folks that are in the second half of their career. And we've been talking about a bit of those, Mark, in terms of maybe they're not used to this type of work. Um, they don't have the skill set innately or, or haven't gotten to practice it, perhaps. What are some of the other reasons that people in the second half of, of life seem to struggle more, more with this transition? Well, again, a lot of it comes from mindset, and um, I like to say, you know, I was raised to be risk-averse. My parents were the greatest generation. Um, We were supposed to take, you know, I I joke, I was raised to be an employee to go work for a father-like company, and um, we... To, to think that we could do something like, I've got one guy in my online community right now who's approaching 70, and he doesn't want to quit working. And he spent most of his career in uh, state and local government. And what he's doing now is he's been working for the Small Business Development Center in his, lo- in his local municipality uh, three, four days a week. He's, he's, got, he's teaching one course at, at his local university online. And I can tell you, I've been helping him. Teaching online is nothing like teaching in the classroom. And uh, and lastly, he started his blog, and he's starting his um, uh, his consulting practice. And one of the things I really worked with him on was he spent much of his career, as most of us do, we solve problems for our employers. And 
so number one, when you're in a job search, one thing I always tell people is, okay, what problems do you solve? And then who has those problems? In his case, okay, at this point in life, what problem do you want to solve? What do you want to work work on, not what somebody has a job for? And that's a really, really different way of approaching it. It's a different mindset. Uh, he has started a blog around transportation, uh, transportation planning around pedestrian and bikes because that's what he wants to work on. And by the way, no one told me growing up that I got to work on stuff I wanted to work on. I was supposed to go get a job. Job wasn't supposed to be fun. It was supposed to go, you're supposed to go to work. Let's go do it so you can pay the mortgage and put your kid through college and put food on the table. Doing what I want to do, that's an odd, odd concept. And it's, by the way, it's something we're not comfortable doing. And, of course, that's one of the things we've told our kids. Follow your passion. The money will follow. Of course, that didn't work either, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> well, there's a fine balance there, right? You have to do what you want to do, but then you also have to do the research to see if there's a market, which is what you were talking about at the very beginning in terms of your own story, your own journey, was that you look at, okay, this is something I want to do. Now, what what does the market look like for that? Or how do I get into that? And, and is there actually an opportunity there? So there's got to be a two-way street, which sometimes people miss on either side of the street. Yeah, one of the things, I've got a whole chapter in my book on what I call MSU disorder. And by the way, MSU stands for make stuff up. (laughs) Um, And you can take stuff and replace it with a four-letter Germanic word. And But the whole point is, you got to go do your homework. And by the way, we all make stuff up. We all make up saying, well, if I do this, they're going to do that. Or uh, I joke when I had my bike accident. I had been teaching adults in 40 different countries for about 20 years, um, all high-tech stuff. I was an engineer. There was a shortage of math teachers. I would go be a high school math teacher, and everybody would want me. And the answer was, no, they didn't. They didn't want any guy over 40. Why? We don't do what, we, what we're told. It, <laughs> it was amazing. And I ignored everything. Every signal that from the certification programs that they weren't interested in me. I mean, when they asked me the question, what was my college GPA? I don't know. Um, Oh, can you give me all the names and telephone numbers of all your previous supervisors? Huh? My, My first boss was Bob in Chicago in 1976. He was a heavy smoker in his 50s. I think his telephone number is probably 1-800-GOD. You know, he's long gone. I mean, and of course, they weren't looking for me. They were looking for new college graduates who don't have education degrees. They weren't looking at me. And I ignored all those signs. Well, one of the things you have to go is go get the facts and go say, is this something I actually can and want to do? Right, and where's the industry going? Because now they might they might want you, but they're too little, too late. <laughs> well, there's no question. You have if, if you're going to move into some industry, um, does it have legs? I mean, I've been approached by a number of people to come on my podcast who are in the real estate industry, and they want to come on and teach people how to be realtors. I'm going, you're an industry that's being disrupted, big time. Or I get people say, well. I want to go teach college, and I want to be an adjunct professor. Well, the uh, the community colleges are being disrupted massively, and and just simply the four year colleges. And so, do you do you really know what it's like to be a online instructor now? Well, yeah, I'm going to be on video. I said, no, you're not. I I, I developed a lot of online curriculum. It's not. It doesn't work that way. So therefore, go do your homework and actually figure that out. 
a few years ago, I actually worked with a guy who got spit out by one of the major technology companies, and he got, quote, a retirement package in it. <laughs> it wasn't enough to retire on. He was way too young. And he thought he wanted to be a butcher. He wanted to get into the into the very specialty art of, you know, special cuts of meat. And one of the smart things he did was during the holidays, um, he went to work in Whole Foods in the meat department. And by the way, he found he couldn't be on his feet that much. And but by, by the way, this is one of the big problems in taking survival jobs and good example is big box stores. Try being 50 and or 50 or 60 years old and be on your feet on concrete floors all day. Mm. It tears the crap out of you. It's not something you think about when you say, well, I can go in there and do this. Yeah, you can, but does it make sense? And so it's a matter of doing the homework, trying stuff and I've got a whole set of um, I've got a set of presentations, and I've got blog posts on uh, career failure and and recovery. Um, one of the things we I grew up in the generation was failure was not an option, right? Uh, if you failed, you were a screw up. Well, now it's fail often, fail fast. And one of the things I preach is if you're going to go try something, go try it. By the way, have a plan B and measure it to say, how long am I going to give this to be successful? And if I, if, if I reach a certain uh, threshold where it says, you know what, this isn't going to work, I have to be able to put on my big boy pants and say, I made a mistake. I'm going to go with plan B. Well, and that's part of it, too, is as people are looking to the future, to, as you said, pick things that have legs, but also not to feel like they have to pick one thing. You pick one thing for now, but then also say, okay, and these are some things that I might do in the future, and how will I pivot from this to that? Even if they're 50 or 60, as you said, they're going to be working till they're 70 or more, even then... you. 10 years, you're probably going to have more than one pivot in today's work world. Oh, very much so. And and it's a matter of going, trying stuff. There's the things you can do today that just weren't possible even five years ago. Uh, in my online community, I've brought in my buddy Gene LaFay multiple times now because Gene's, Gene's my image consultant back in Austin. And she's 71. And uh, she... She has started a fulfillment by Amazon business. Her first product is a pierced earring back, not the earring, but the back for women with sagging earlobes. And she's sourcing out of China and selling it under her new brand called Wardrobe Jazz. And next she's going to go get a next product. Now, I don't understand women with sagging earlobes. I have never pierced my ears. But the fact is, what? You can do that? Really? And she's learning how to run Amazon and Facebook ads. And, um, you know, it's, it's even myself. I'm, I'm, I'm publishing my fourth self-published book. Um, I'm, running a, I'm running an ad campaign right now on my old book, and I'm about to turn that off and turn on the, as soon as I get my next book up on Amazon, I'm going to turn that on. Then I'm going to turn on a Facebook ad campaign, start building the list. And I can do that for $5 a day and be fairly successful at it. And the point is, what? You can do that? Yeah, everything happens so fast. And it's, as you said, so accessible. Yeah, all you have to be willing to do is learn and be able to open to the fact that, you know what? What got me here yesterday is not going to get me there tomorrow. And um, I, I have no affiliation, but I, I, I'm taking uh, ads for author online workshop from uh, Mark Dawson's self-publishing formula. Um, and I mean, it's great stuff. And, and you're suddenly going, wow, the power of this stuff is just incredible. And 
I can do that. Just little old me, I can figure this stuff out. Now so I common people get the book. Um, sure. Tell them tell them how they can connect with you, follow you, and and keep learning. Sure. Uh, you can always find me at careerpivot.com. Uh, the book right now will be out the middle of September, and if you're interested in getting. Uh, preview chapters right now you can go to careerpivot.com slash ryc team that's repurpose your career ryc team and i've got a bunch of preview chapters out there including the first one and uh the whole point here is you're get nimble get quick on your feet and and be prepared to creative destruction is not going to slow down Yes, only going to increase and people need to be ready. So thank you for what you do to help them be ready. Mark, we enjoyed having you on the show. And um, for those of you who are listening, you know that we'll come back with me and I'll unpack it for you a little bit, but we'll say goodbye to Mark for now. And um, thank you again, Mark, for joining us on the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, and if you're listening, you know that one of our sponsors for the show is Career Thought Leaders. Career Thought Leaders getting ready to run their course in teaching coaches how to be personal brand personal branding strategists. It's a program that transforms your process, transforms your skills, gives you coaching skills to help your clients understand who they are where they're going, and how they can extract, express, and exude their personal brand. So if you're interested in that, you can check out careerthoughtleaders.com. That class is coming up here in just a couple weeks to train coaches. So if you're interested in starting your side gig, coaching may be something that you're interested in, uh, like Mark and myself. So we'll be right back after just a minute, and we'll continue to break this down and talk about how you can repurpose your career. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for having me on the show. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And here we're talking with Mark Miller from Career Pivot about how things have changed and people need to understand the mindset required to make a shift. And it's interesting because he said, you know, people in this age group and usually defined somewhere between 45 and 75 in that second half of life who are trying to figure out what they want to do. Maybe they don't need to work full time, but they need to do something. Maybe they do need to work full time. I've seen a really distinct different set of needs between those two groups. So if you could kind of retire, but you want to work more, your needs are probably a lot different than someone who has to keep working and your mindset might be a little bit different because, of course, you have flexibility and there's some luxury in flexibility. And even if you don't really have to keep working, the idea of doing something a little bit more flexible, freelance, is probably uncomfortable simply because we are not used to working like that. As Mark said, this idea of a a flexible work and not having a company take care of you is somewhat new um, to that age group. And always overgeneralizations don't apply to everyone. There are some younger folks that struggle with that. Um, I find it has a little bit to do with our personalities and what we envision ourselves doing, our, our risk tolerance, our, our experience with how work looks in our family. Um, but, you know, when I went to become an entrepreneur, it was kind of a surprise. I'm the daughter of a school teacher and a Bureau of Land Management employee, so government worker here in the U.S., and it's like, where did this entrepreneurial stuff come from? Well, then, you know, you kind of think about it a little bit. And, oh, my grandfather actually owned an auto mechanic shop and a car wash. And he was much more entrepreneurial, um, which may have been why his children didn't go that route, right? Because it's not always easy for those of us in this in this line of work and especially where he was in, a, in an area, um, low economic growth area. Uh, I think the few last few years were not that great um, in terms of the, the local area supporting his business. So we, we look at that and we think, okay, what do I know about entrepreneurship? And I may not have any examples for that. How is that done? How do you do that? How do you make that work? And it's interesting the things we tell ourselves about stability and what stability actually means. And if we look at it more critically, working for a company definitely for the last 20 years has not been quote unquote stable. They could fire you at any minute. Um, As Mark said, starting in the really the mid to late 90s, that was becoming the norm. The job club that I was familiar with formed in the early 2000s because of the layoffs from Hewlett Packard. And in those moments, the definition of stability that used to exist started to erode. And that was 20 years ago. And people are still having trouble coming around to this idea because those 50 years of stability being defined that way really ingrained it into our brains. And our grandparents or parents struggled in the period before that with more freelance type of work, actually. And that's one of the reasons that the kind of father-like company was such a welcome respite in the early 50s, late 40s, whenever that started to happen. The whole idea of a pension, we think that that's been around for years and years and years, but actually it didn't start to evolve in, until the 1920s here in the U.S. at least and wasn't didn't have a big foothold in, until the, those 40s or 50s. So our grandparents, at least at my age, grandparents, maybe your parents, wanted that stability and it really was a good change for them. And and now we see this change back towards the more freelance type of work as a negative. 
and it doesn't have to be. It is for some of us. It, it can be. It's less stability, and there's some logistical challenges for sure, insurance here in the U.S. being a major one. And yet there are some perks um, and people who talk about this, think about it, and how can we help you change your mindset around it to, one, it's happening and we really don't have any control over that. So let's find the good and figure out how we can make it work um, because railing against the machine isn't really doing us any good. And it's also not happening as much and as fast as you sometimes hear it is. So there's a lot of talk about the gig economy and yes, it's growing and yes, it's big, but it's not growing as big as fast as all the data showed. Um, it's, It's slowed down a little bit partly because the economy is good and companies have been able to withstand some growth and not lay off as many people as maybe we thought they were going to 10 years ago. And there's opportunity for us to try out some of these flexible things while we work a full-time job. One of the biggest mindset changes for us today is that we don't get to rest on our laurels, whatever a laurel is, right? It's this idea that we have to be a little bit constant in our work around work, our networking, our thinking, our research, our keeping our head up above the, the sand and really looking at what's going next and what's coming next and how am I going to pivot when something happens? Because if I'm not thinking like that, I'm going to get left behind. I'm not going to be successful in my current job. And then I'm going to have a really hard time when I get laid off because I wasn't thinking about what's coming next. If I'm thinking about what's coming next, the hope is that I don't have to job search because I'm networking, I'm connected in my industry, and I understand where the gaps failings and growths are going to be so that I can be continuously positioning myself in that direction. And this may sound exhausting, and we talk about it sometimes on the show, the idea being that that's less exhausting than not doing anything for 10 years, getting laid off and and having to have an excruciatingly painful job search for a year, or if it happens to be during a recession, maybe multiple years of job search to get back to where we were. And as Mark shared, many, many people don't get back to where they were after a layoff. If we can prevent that for ourselves by little bits of effort throughout networking, little bits of effort, paying attention to what's going on in our industry, um, increasing our skills, upskilling as the new jargon is calling it, then we can avoid some of those stopouts, dropouts um, as they occur in the industry that we might be in. The challenging thing when we hear data, and as Mark shared at the very beginning of the show, the U.S. would claim that it is at full employment, meaning that the unemployment rate is so low, we assume that everybody who wants a job has one. One, that's very hit or miss. There are some industries that have, you know, 1% or less unemployment, and some industries that still have close to 10 or age groups, as he was saying, the 50-plus age group has a much higher unemployment rate than the middle age group. And, and your young folks, unfortunately, usually have a higher unemployment rate as well. Geographies. Some geographies, there's very little unemployment. Some geographies, there's lots. So when we see this data, it doesn't mean that it's going to be us, that we happen to be in the place where all the stars have aligned and it's easy to get a job. Other thing is, is it doesn't mean we're employed doing what we'd like to do or doing what we have been trained to do or doing what we have the potential to do. So underemployment and what does that look like and how is it impacting us? And this is our opportunity. As Mark said, There are so many ways to get engaged in so many different types of work that we never had before. Remote work, on the rise, people starting their own blogs, their own books, their own many, many different things. 
that isn't full-time sustainable work when it starts and perhaps it will never get there. But how could you take the opportunity now to start working some of that into your work life? Now, (laughs) as I say this, I'm having this little epiphany and thinking that if you're like me, depending on where you are in life, you may be taking care of elderly parents. That's a big problem, not problem, but a challenge, time, commitment for those in the second half of life. Many times they're taking care of their aging parents and perhaps even taking care of grandkids and kind of stuck in the middle with a lot of life demands. And I'm saying here, you know, go ahead and add a, a another job on top of your full-time job. And you're thinking, Marie, there's just no way. And that may be where you are in the season of your life. However, how can you spend a little bit of time, maybe even on work's dime, paying attention to what's going on in your industry, making sure that you're going to those meetings in your company, that you're taking the opportunity and asking as much as you can to go to those industry conferences, industry events, where you can figure out what's going on and what's coming next in your industry, and also build your network in a sustainable way to help you move when you need to move. Sometimes we think about things all as being additive and forget that we may have opportunities to to do some of this work within the confines of our current job. And there's lots of ways to do that. And, and, and we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to go through those again. We've done this before, but we're going to go through those again. Some of the quick ways that you can upskill where you are. And we're going to start with ways that you can do that without adding additional time to your plate. We'll take a break and be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we had Mark Miller of Career Pivot on our show, and he was talking about how to repurpose your career. 
And the whole idea of starting a side gig on top of your current job may be unappealing. And sometimes when I talk about this, people say, well, you know, that's great for folks that have money or time, but what do you do if you don't have any resources? And of course, time being one of our most valuable resources, what do you do if you're, scrunch, you're scrunched for time, right? Either you've got kids, grandkids, elderly parents you're taking care of, whatever it is that's like, there's no more life that I can squeeze in, right? So here are a few things that you can do at your job today, tomorrow, to start thinking about how to upskill yourself, how to be ready for a transition when it happens. First, simple sometimes easy, think about what those skills are that are going to be needed in the future. Pay attention to what's going on in your industry magazines. You can probably read those at work, right? On your lunch break, maybe, or, um, you know, carving out just a little bit of time for you each day that's on the clock because this is work-related, but you're paying attention to what's going on in your industry. You're thinking about what's coming next and what skills does my company and my industry, and yes, by the way, me, need me to have to be additive in this industry, in this company tomorrow, just like I am today. Take some time to do that for yourself. Reading industry magazines, websites, LinkedIn groups, if there's still any good activity going on there in your industry, industry um, webinars. What can you do for just a small amount of time every day, every week, something consistent where you're staying on top of what's going on in your industry. If your company holds any kind of company meetings or they send out industry and or company news, make sure you read it, listen to it, watch it consistently so that you know what's going on with your company. If it's a surprise to you that you're laid off, let's make it because they they really didn't have any warning signs, not that you missed them. What's going on in your industry, what's going on in, in the world of you, the big you, that's going to impact your everyday work. Then start asking and putting it in your annual goals or whatever it is that your company does for for that type of process to go to industry events, local, regional, whatever you can get put in the schedule, start going to those face-to-face events. Yes, there's a lot of networking that you can do online and it's important and it's going to be much more powerful for you to build those connections if you're going to those industry events on a regular basis where you can connect with other people. You can hear what's going on. And then, by the way, you'll have the connections you need to make moves when things happen. If you have a wide enough network in terms of different types of places that people are, suppliers, vendors, customers, other industry partners, competitors, if you will, is going to be a lot easier to move than if your network is insular to your own company. Most of the movement is not going to happen in your company. It's going to happen in your industry. That's where most of the movement is going to happen. If there's other industries you think you might want to get into, you might not be able to do that on the company dime, depending on what it looks like. And, and you might, you know, if you're one type of manufacturing and you'd like to get into a different type of manufacturing, then you might go to a broader industry kind of event where you'll meet people from different factors, different sections of the industry. How can you work some of those things into your daily work life? Yes, that means that you may not be as many hours grinding away at work. Most of the research today shows that that's a good thing. You'll actually be more productive during your time grinding away at work if you're doing some of these other things to add to your work life. Volunteering for other projects at work. This may be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be outside of your everyday work hours. Simply looking for and taking the opportunities to volunteer for something that's happening at work that might be outside the scope of your regular job. When you do that, then it's up to you to negotiate 
how you're going to be able to do that while still managing your other job functions. Can someone else help out? Is it an opportunity for someone else to get to stretch and and grow because you're stretching and growing in this direction? What are the opportunities going to look like around you if you take this project and how can that help you keep your balance at work in terms of the number of hours you might be able to work? Looking for those projects internally. So those are my ideas for internal trainings, maybe trainings that are even offered through your company that you could get away with doing on company time because they're relevant to where you are and where you're going and how you add value. It's always your criteria, right? If you're doing on company time, it's adding value to the company as well as adding value to you as you think forward in your career. Staying up on industry news and start getting into your annual plans to go to industry events as much as possible. Then there might be some external things that you could do. Some of these might take more time, some less. So is there a way you can volunteer for your professional association? Uh, My husband's in the automotive industry, engines, industries, if you will, and was looking at their Society for Automotive Engineers, put out a call that they were looking for editors and it's not a very big commitment. You can do it from your desk. He might even be able to do some of it on, on work time, depending on the project and how things are going at work. And he'll get to do a little bit of networking, a little bit of learning, and add to his resume. Nice, right? So those industry types of volunteer activities, you just need to know the time commitment, whether that time will be company time or personal time, which is a discussion with your boss to understand what the balance there might look like. And is it going to be a good fit for your skill set and a good skill set for your future? Is it a direction you want to go networking wise and or skills wise? Don't just take something because it's available. Really think about, is this going to help me do what I want to do? Is it going to be a good use of my skills? Because if you're bad at it, it probably won't help you, right? So thinking about how you can do those things that really add to and build your skills. It might be a volunteer activity where you can get on a volunteer board. Again, be very clear about the skills you want to use, skills you want to grow, network you want to grow, and then choose a a nonprofit, maybe not industry-related, where you can help. Yes, there's a lot of good from volunteering in general to causes that are important to you and finding ways to do those that build your skills in the right direction is just a win-win for everyone. You're going to be more engaged because you're interested in what you're doing as well as interested in the cause. Um, So don't think that those kind of win-win opportunities are self-serving and bad. When it's self-serving, it's actually, it can be better because then you're going to be more into it. So hopefully that's given you some ideas of how you can start moving now to future-proof your career and thinking about how you can shift your mindset for this new way of work. We're going to be back next week with another guest. We have Valerie Sokolowski joining us to talk about presence and how presence impacts your mobility in the workplace. We'll look forward to seeing you next week here on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 